After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a a voice came from the cloud, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. For three years during my high school uh, days, I was able to go with my youth group on an annual summer mission trip. I I always loved our trips uh, and retreats as a youth group. Our youth here just got back last weekend from a retreat in Atlanta, and I know that they had a great time. And I'm sure um, for many of them, it was a mountaintop experience. And a time where they really sensed the presence of God there with them. Well, my annual youth mission trip during high school was literally a mountaintop experience. Top stood for Tennessee Outreach Project. One week out of the summer, we would go to a camp in Tennessee in the Appalachian Mountains. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Appalachian area particularly in Tennessee uh, and going into North Carolina and so forth, is one of the poorest areas of our country. And so we would go along with, with my youth group, along with other youth groups from all over the country, and we would go in to these camps and then go out into these homes and, and do all kinds of, uh, of projects. Our youth group would, would, would be split up into other groups, um, and their groups were split up, and so we were all with, with people we didn't know, and we got to to know each other during the week, but we would go and we'd build porches, we would do yard work, we would tar roofs, God, I don't do that anymore, we'd put skirting around trailers, we'd do all kinds of, of, of projects during our time uh, that week, we did a little bit of everything, and so during the day, we'd work uh, in the summer, in the heat, and then we'd come back to camp, we'd clean up, we'd eat, and then the rest of the evening would be spent in worship. And so this, this, this week was, became one of my favorite weeks of the year, and it truly did live up to the name Mountain Top. It was a mountaintop experience every time I went, whether it was in the working and working with complete strangers and working at complete strangers' homes, or whether it was going back to the camp and worship, it always was a time where I felt closest to God. You... you You know, I was away from the normal routine of life, surrounded by other believers, and you were doing good in the name of Christ. It was a mountaintop experience. Well, in our passage from Mark, we have another mountaintop 
experience. We have what's called the transfiguration. Uh, this is Transfiguration Sunday for any of you that follow the lectionary calendar. This is a moment when Jesus takes three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, otherwise known as the inner circle of the disciples. He, he takes them up on a mountain. And there Jesus is transfigured. He is changed even for just a moment. The scripture says his clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. That's, that's pretty white. That's, 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 that's a glow. And not only that, Elijah and Moses, both men who had long since gone from this world, are seen by the disciples talking with Jesus. And not only that, before they go down from the mountain, a voice from heaven through the clouds that had descended upon them speaks a voice that we are to believe is God's voice saying, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Can you just imagine what it must have been like for these three disciples? They see Jesus transformed before their very eyes. They see two patriarchs of the faith talking with Jesus, and they hear the voice of God in the clouds speaking directly to them. I've had some mountaintop experiences, but I don't think I've had anything quite like that. Here's what I've learned from my time in the valley and my time on top of the mountain, so to speak. There are always reasons for a mountaintop experience. Mountaintop moments don't happen by themselves. They don't happen on their own. They don't happen without valleys on either side of them. And the same is true in Mark and with Jesus and these three disciples. The mountaintop experience is sandwiched between some rebuking and teaching by Jesus. And they go up on the mountain and they come back down to the valley where Jesus is arrested, tried, crucified, dead, and then risen. In fact, I would suggest that this is the, exactly the very reason why Jesus takes these three disciples up on top of the mountain and why Jesus is transfigured before their very eyes. You see, before this moment, Jesus had, had just told the twelve that he would be arrested, tried, and crucified. This came as a complete shock to them. And Peter, who's the unofficial spokesperson for the disciples, um, put his foot in his mouth like he tended to do in the, in the scriptures. Peter rebukes Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter, the disciple, rebukes Jesus. As you can imagine, it didn't go well, the, teacher talking, the student talking back to the teacher Peter tells Jesus, you know, you, 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 you're wrong. You got this wrong, Jesus. You, you don't know what you're talking about. And so Jesus takes Peter by the, side, by, the, by the side, and he rebukes Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Jesus calls Peter Satan. That's a little harsh, if you ask me. But I'm not Jesus. And so, you know, Peter, Peter's not feeling very confident after that. He wasn't feeling very sure of himself. He was, he was probably feeling like he was in a valley. 
And so we could understand why Peter has been taken with Jesus up onto the mountain. And it's right after the statement from Jesus that he teaches the crowd along with the disciples this, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. You got to understand, up to this point, Jesus, man, Jesus has been a rock star. He's been healing. He's been performing miracles. He has been doing all these things, these flashy, amazing things. The crowds had gathered because they wanted more. They wanted to see the show. They wanted to see what else Jesus would do. And now Jesus gets to the meat. He gets to the heart. He gets the import, to the important stuff of what it really meant to follow him. And according to Jesus, to follow him meant to take up your cross. A cross that was a sign of crucifixion. A cross that was a sign of pain and difficulty. Can you imagine hearing that for the first time? But Jesus, you're the miracle guy. Yeah, I know. But in order to follow me, you have to take up your cross and follow me. You have to deny yourself and follow me. What a difficult teaching that must have been to hear. And so you've got these two things. You've got rebuking Peter, and Peter's just been brought down. And you've got this difficult teaching that you've got to take up your cross and deny yourself to follow him. And it's on the heels of this that Jesus takes three of his disciples, the inner circle, up to the mountain where they see him transfigured. They see, they get to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. They get to see that there is hope. And Jesus says, I am that hope. I'm the hope of the world. I don't know about you, but I have always found that when I had a mountaintop experience, I needed it. I mean, I needed it. When I've experienced a fresh experience of God, a mountaintop moment, I have always needed it. Maybe I was spiritually dry. Perhaps it was a tough period of my life. Maybe I just got the worst news imaginable. I have always needed that extra sense of God's presence in my life. I have needed that mountaintop experience. I'm sure many of you can testify to the same thing. Maybe it was a worship service or during your quiet time or a retreat or a mission trip or whatever. You experienced God in a new way and it came at just the right time. You had been in a valley and you needed to see God on the mountain. I call them pick-me-up moments. God just knows that you need a pick-me-up. I believe in part Jesus was providing that for his disciples. He was showing them that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. But, it's a big but there. We always have to come down from the mountain. We always have to come down to the mountain. As much as we would love to stay on top of the mountain, we cannot stay there forever. At the end of my mountaintop experiences and retreats in high school, we always ended our week um, with a special uh, service. We talked about all of our actual mountaintop experiences and going to these homes and the people that we met and the conversations that we had. And, um, and we'd, we'd go over all those experiences. But as a part of that service, 
The leaders always made it a point to do one thing. They always talked about the fact <clears throat> that we were leaving the mountaintop and we were going back into the valley. We were going back home. And what that meant, as much as we all wanted to stay together and sing Kumbaya for weeks on end, we had to go back home. So when we have our mountaintop experience with Jesus, I want us to remember a few things. And the first is that. You have to go back to the valley. You have to go back to the valley. You cannot stay on the mountain. The mountain is not where our faith is lived out. Our faith can be strengthened and renewed and restored on top of the mountain. But it's in the valley where we live out our faith. We grow way more in our faith in the valleys of life than we do on top of the mountain. You know, Peter struggled with this. After seeing Jesus transformed to this glowing beyond white, I would call it, and after seeing Moses and Elijah there with Jesus talking, Peter says to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And I love how the scripture says, you know, Peter really didn't know what to say. He was, just, he was so scared. He just was talking nonsense. It's not nonsense. I was kind of wondering where the other three disciples were going to stay. But it's just so, he's just caught up in the moment. I mean, let's just, let's hang out here on top of the mountain because it is good to be here. Peter wanted this moment to last, and you can't blame him. He was seeing the fulfillment of Scripture, the law, Moses, and the prophets, Elijah, being fulfilled in Jesus. I mean, here it was. He was seeing the light at the end of the tumble. Yeah, Jesus had rebuked him, called him Satan, but now he's on top of the mountain, and he's just, man, I see it. He didn't want to leave. Man, and I felt that way every year I went to Mountaintop. I wanted to stay there in those smelly cabins with all these people that I didn't know before I got there. And I just wanted to stay there forever. I feel that way every time I go on a mission trip or a retreat. Man, I could just stay here. Because what happens is you get out of the norm, you get out of your routine, and you can just bask in the presence of God. But we can't stay on the mountain. We have to come back down into the valley. The other thing I want you to know is that when you're on the mountain, you got to remember when you come back, you've changed, but others haven't. You've changed, but others haven't. Whenever we sense a fresh expression of God, again, whether it's in our quiet time or a retreat or a mission, whatever, we got to realize that when we go back home, Everything's pretty much the same except us. We've changed, but everyone else is the same. When we have a mountaintop experience, we're going to want to share that with as many people as possible. And they may or may not want to hear anything about it. And we've got to be prepared for that. You know, maybe our youth experienced that this week after being back from their retreat. You know, they had this amazing experience of, you know, these three days of worship and, and service and you get back and you've changed, but your friends haven't. They're the same as they were before you left, but you've changed. And what that can do when we have these mountaintop experiences 
is that it makes the trip back into the valley a lot sharper dive. You go, you go down really quick if you're not prepared for it. You come off that spiritual high much quicker. And if you're not prepared, you can actually find yourself further away from God than when you left. Think about what happened when Peter, James, and John come down off of this mountain. They still quite don't get it all. And what happens? Jesus is arrested, he's tried, he's crucified, and where do the disciples go? Whoosh! They're gone. They're scattered. And it's only after the resurrection that they are able to be restored. And they follow Jesus and the rest is history. But there was a time there where they weren't prepared to go back into the valley. And they scattered. So remember, when you have these experiences, you've changed, but the rest, everybody else is not. So here's the last thing I want you to hear about being on the mountain. Back in the valley, when you're going back in the valley, remember who Jesus is and remember his promises. Our mountaintop experiences are meant to get us through our valleys. And the only way to do that is to remember what we've learned on top of the mountain. Remember, remember what the disciples learned. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. The very presence of God came down upon them on that mountaintop and spoke in the clouds and said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. This was a message directly to the disciples. It wasn't to Jesus. You remember in Jesus' baptism that, that, that God's voice comes down on a, like a dove and he speaks and he says, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now that's a message from the Father to the Son directly. Here on the mountain, God is speaking to Peter, James, and John, and to you and to me. God is telling us to remember who Jesus is and to remember his promises and his teachings. Yes, the teachings that are tough and difficult, that you have to deny yourself and take up his cross, but also that you know, his burden is light. It's not heavy. Yes, the path of following Jesus is rough and difficult, but trust in him. As you go back down into the valley, trust in him. Trust that Jesus is the Son of God and that God loves him and that God loves you. Since most of our lives are not spent on the mountaintop, we need those mountaintop experiences, but most of our lives are not spent on the mountaintop. We need to remember who Jesus is and remember his promises and remember his teachings. I don't know what you are facing. I don't know if you're in the valley or you're coming up to a mountain or maybe this morning's a mountaintop experience. I don't know. I don't know where you are. I don't know what your valley is or what you're coming from, or coming through. But I want you to know that God is there. Just as God, God's not maybe going to show up in the clouds, in gleaming white, but God is there, and God is with you, and God loves you. Loves you very, very much. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your presence that is always, always, always with us. Sure, we, we see you and we feel you on the mountain, but we recognize that sometimes in the valley it's hard.
it's hard to know that you are with us. But let us not forget the words of Scripture. Let us not forget the words of Jesus. That you are with us always. Father, help us to seek you, not only on the mountain, but as in the valleys as well. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is 347. We're going to sing a spirit song. The altar is open for you to come, and I don't know if you're in a valley or not, um, but God wants to hear from you, and you're invited to come uh, to the altar as we sing the doors of this church. We welcome you to this church family. love to talk to you about becoming a part of our church family here at Metter United Methodist Church. Would you stand?